listening to this podcast on the Lawn Care Radio Network. Uh, I'm Brian Horn with Lawn and Landscape Magazine. Um, I have on the phone today Doug and Polly White. Doug and Polly are principals at Whitestone Partners, a management consulting firm that helps small businesses grow profitably. And they also uh, co-authored a book, Let Go to Grow, Why Some Businesses Thrive and Others Fail to Reach Their Potential. Uh, Doug and Polly, thanks for joining me today. Thank you very much for having us. We're really glad to be with you. Great. The, um, the book you guys wrote and, and sort of what you do really ties in well with this industry. A lot of people in this industry have trouble uh, letting go. They, they, they mow the lawn themselves or they, they do the work themselves. They begin to grow and they're trying to do both, be an executive and be on job site. So when, when does a business owner have to become less hands-on in a company? Well, we find that there are two critical transition points as a business grows. To explain those, let us talk to you about the way we classify businesses. Right. We, we classify businesses not as most people do with dollars of revenue or numbers of employees, but rather with the management structure. And we start with the smallest or most simple structure, which we call a micro-business. And in a micro-business, the owner or the principal is doing the primary work of the business. So he or she has a truck and a lawnmower, and they're going out and cutting the grass. Now, perhaps they have a helper or two, but the preponderance of the revenue comes directly from the work of the owner. Right, and, and that work probably also includes um, the selling, the doing the books, and all of the other ancillary work that goes along with the business. Now, as we transition from micro to small, let us tell you what small is. Small is when you now have employees who are doing the primary work of the business. So now you can see that as a micro business, the key factor for success was how well the principal did the primary work of the business. As a small business, the principal has had to let go of doing the primary work of the business. He or she probably no longer cuts the grass, but is managing folks that do. So now the critical factor is how well does the owner hire and manage those employees, and they have to delegate the, the actual doing of the work to others. Right. Now, hopefully if your business is doing great and, and getting more sales and more customers and, and you've got good employees working for you, you're going to grow some more and you're going to transition again to now what we call a mid-sized business. And in a mid-sized business, you've, what defines that is you have added at least one layer of management between yourself as the owner and the primary workers. So you may have crew chiefs that are actually managing crews that are doing the work. Then you say, well, you go from managing workers to managing managers, that's no big deal. In fact, it's what we call the big chasm. Right. This is where most of our small business clients and those people we interviewed for the book said, this is the biggest hurdle, is getting over this um, delegating to managers. because. In order to make managers effective, they have to be well-trained, you have to be able to offload real accountability to them, and that means giving up a measure of control. You have to delegate decision-making authority. And delegating decision-making authority, as Polly said, means giving up some control. And that can be really, really tough. By the way, I'll also point out that one of the things that makes giving up or letting go so difficult is in each case, you have to let go of that thing that made you successful at the prior step. Right. So imagine as a micro-business, you're the guy out there with the lawnmower, you're doing the weeding and the grass cutting and everything. What made you successful was 
how well you did at that. You were probably fast and efficient. You gave a really good quality product. And you probably were able to sell the jobs also and, and handle the customers. Now when you move to a small business size where you have employees that are providing that, that work, well, you have to be able to give up doing that job that made you successful, the actual doing of the primary work. And as a small business, the thing that made you successful was how well you hired and managed the employees. But once you've got managers in place, you have to delegate that authority to your managers. They're now the ones who are managing the employees, and you have to let go of that. You're also letting go of day-to-day decision-making, which is a big challenge. Why is delegating so difficult for some people? Um, I, I know you can't get in the psychological aspects of it, but is, is there something they can do to maybe overcome that trust issue? There is. Um, what we find is that if you're going to delegate, you need to make sure that you have the right infrastructure in place. In fact, we say the only thing worse than not delegating when you need to is delegating before you have this infrastructure in place. Right. When we were interviewing all of these um, folks for our book, we heard a lot of stories about people who tried delegating and, and the proverbial bus started going off the road into the <laughs> ditch. And, right. and they said, you know, I, we didn't understand why. You know, we knew we were supposed to delegate, and so we did, and then things fall apart. So what we have is a very simple three things that you have to do in order to build this infrastructure for your business. The first is you've, of course, got to have the right managers in place. You have to either hire the right managers or you have to develop people with management skills. But you've got to have the right people in place before you delegate to them. Delegating to somebody who's not willing to handle it is a recipe for disaster. Right. The second thing is documented process. And this is just like pulling teeth to get entrepreneurs or small business people to document their processes. But unless you have something that's written down, that somebody where because you're not going to be there. So unless it's written down, this is exactly how we do things. This is how you cut the lawn, and this is how you care for the equipment, and this is what you do at the beginning of the job, and this is how you clean up. You know, unless you have it all written down, you can't be assured that people are actually going to have a process to follow that can be duplicated again and again and again. And the final thing you need is metrics to tell you how things are going, even though you can't personally be there yourself. So maybe you have metrics in this industry like it takes so many hours to do this particular job, and you're monitoring it. If they do it much faster than that, you wonder that maybe they're not being thorough. If they take much more time than that, then it's costing you too much. Maybe you survey customers or speak with customers periodically to ask how the work's being done. Or you even make uh, inspections occasionally, going and checking the work of your folks. The point is, you've got to develop metrics that let you know what's going on in the business, even though you can't be there every day. Right. It's actually the metrics, that last piece that we say, is what helps small business people sleep at night. Because they actually can say, you know, I know that everything that's key and crucial in my business is going along well, because I have the numbers to back it up. So developing that set of metrics, and it is going to be slightly different for every business and every industry. So, you know, there's no one-size-fits-all, but we've been successful in helping people think through what exactly are the metrics that you need for your business. Is there a set amount of time that a business owner should spend on basically writing things down and maybe setting those metrics 
uh, a day? Well, it really depends on when in the process you start. Uh, that's also a process that you can delegate to someone else, so the owner doesn't necessarily have to do it him or herself, although they'll want to be involved in the process. Right. So, for instance, let's say that you're starting to get um, some employees that are pretty far along in, in working towards being supervisor ready or crew chief ready. And um, you might say, well, let's work together today to write down step by step exactly how we get these things done. So the processes can be documented almost as you're doing them. In fact, we always say you need to involve the people who are actually doing the work in writing the processes. So yes, you should delegate some of your time I wouldn't say every day, but certainly on a week-by-week, week, you want to be working towards getting these things documented. And then maybe, I don't know if during the, the writing the book when you're interviewing people or if you've come across this, uh, is it a matter of maybe lowering expectations for a business owner? They clearly have this drive. They're in charge. They've built this up from, from nothing into something. Do you find that sometimes they have unreasonable expectations when delegating and they maybe letting go? Yes. When, in fact, when we were interviewing for the book, we ran into a couple of folks that said, you know, I don't see why my employees need to be motivated. I'm motivated. I don't need management. I should be able to hire employees who don't need to be managed either. Right. And we left that interview, got back in the car and said, they're going to be continually disappointed <laughs> because there is a reason that companies hire managers. Employees do need to be monitored. Employees do need to be measured and, and, and performance management. Um, so yes, no one is going to love your business as much as you do. No one is going to care about that baby as much as you do. You're the parent. You love it. So you you will never find any one employee who will love it as much as you do, but you can't handle all the work yourself. And even if that one employee only does it 90% as well as you did it when you were doing that job, you know, you get three of them together doing it 90% as well, you still have 270 versus your 100%. Right. You're going to have to at some point say, you know what, this is acceptable work, and I'm willing to, to let that go. But the point you were making is exactly right. You do have to be careful about having expectations of employees. If you believe that all employees will behave the way you do as the owner, that's not going to be the case. Now, occasionally you may find a wonderful person that does act that way, but those are going to be few and far between. Because most of those people are going to own their own company, probably. <laughs> Precisely. If they had that kind of drive, you're exactly right. They'd, they'd be starting their own business. Right. All right. And anyone uh, who is interested in learning more about the, uh, this subject, again, the, the name of the book is Let Go to Grow by Doug and Polly White. And uh, Doug and Polly, thanks a lot for your time. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more from Lawn and Landscape.